This is a GRDC podcast. In January, fall armyworm was sighted in Australia for the first time when moths were trapped in the Torres Strait. Soon after, caterpillar larvae were found on the mainland. While there are native armyworms in Australia, the fall armyworm had not been sighted here prior to January. It's found elsewhere around the world and can be a devastating crop pest. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. The one person in the country best placed to provide advice on fall armyworm is Melina Miles, Principal Entomologist with Queensland's Department of Agriculture and Fisheries. Fortunately for those attending GRDC's Gundawindi Grains Research Update at the beginning of March, Melina Miles was a keynote speaker. And with fall armyworm such a hot topic, Melina provided background to the pest's arrival in Australia and advice on how to identify and manage it. Well, it was detected uh, in January in the Torres Strait uh, and then quite soon after that, um, in, that was it, moths in traps by uh, the quarantine inspection service and uh, then it was detected again very soon after that at Bamaga on the mainland so that sort of started to ring alarm bells and I guess from that point on we've been looking for um, moths in more southerly regions. DAF has deployed some traps through North Queensland and then uh, in late February there was a report from a trial, uh, a University of Queensland trial in the Gilbert River region of North Queensland that they had larvae that they thought were uh, a little bit different from that what they usually saw and it was confirmed as fall armyworm. Uh, and as a result of that detection, um, the decision was made that it, it was apparently so widespread and I think also the potential, just the known potential of that moth to distribute uh, very widely. So it was declared non-eradicable and uh, we've now moved to a sort of man- industry management phase. So where were the larvae detected? On crops or green verges? The, they were detected in a maize trial. So what we know about fall armyworm is that maize is one of its highly uh, preferred crops. So, you know, in a sea of grasses and things in that area, the maize uh, potentially acted a bit like a trap crop. What cereals or what other crops might be at risk? Well, the literature and the overseas experience sort of suggests that it can eat nearly anything it lands on and, you know, probably has some... um, very strong preferences for cereal crops, so particularly sweet corn, maize, uh, sorghum possibly. And it does depend a little bit on which um, strain, I guess, that we've got, what the preferences are, and that will only be known in time as we see how it distributes itself in the landscape. But the potential to move south is always there. Uh, You know, we know from the North American experience that it moves very long distances north at the end of autumn, which is what's called fall armyworm. Uh, and uh, the potential for it to do the same in Australia I think is there so if it were to breed up in those northern areas in the tropical areas uh, and then very large populations start to move south as those hosts dry off in sort of April May there may be a very small window in some regions where it could um, lay and feed in early sown winter cereals but that sort of 10 degree threshold for activity and survival uh, really does limit, I think, the risks to those early sown cereals, particularly you know wheat and barley, in, in this case. Um, but I, I guess it would be prudent to suggest to industry that you know in these first couple of years that the emergence and early vegetative stages are scrutinised for potentially the appearance of this pest. 
How does this pest differentiate from any other armyworm or any of the other um, grubs that we might see in Australian crops? Well, we have other Spodoptera species, quite a few, that uh, people would be familiar with. You know, in, in vegetables, for example, they'd be very familiar with the Spodoptera species, uh, cluster caterpillar uh, and so on. So um, it's not particularly different from things that we deal with already. I think the thing that is worrying people is the suggestion that nearly everything will be affected and that I think there's a growing perception that perhaps it's more damaging than the other species, which isn't um, actually the case. Where it has proven to be particularly damaging overseas are in systems where uh, it's not detected early, that the options for controlling it early are not there. So I think that the Australian industries are in a really good position with our regular monitoring, with our well-educated agronomists and growers to uh, detect early and manage accordingly. Uh, but I think there will be some challenges associated with determining whether it is fall armyworm or whether it's Spodoptera, uh, other Spodoptera species, or even Helicoverpa and um, some of the other, you know, sort of native armyworm species from the grasses. Uh, I think that will be one of the major challenges, and industry will need some support with that identification in the early years. So, what should be the management from this point on? Well, at this point, we are somewhat restricted in. Um, you know the options that we have for control there are definitely permits in place for the majority of grain crops so that's a good start but really vigilance I think at this early point and I guess for agronomists and growers making use of the um, the reference material that's being put together now and be sort of freely available to industry in the next week or so I imagine around how to distinguish the early um, early signs of, of an egg laying event or uh, larval damage and how to distinguish fall armyworm from other Spodoptera species. Whether that really is necessary may not be so important, you know, it depends how it comes. If it comes in high densities, which is what may happen in the first few years, then that will be very important. But if it just appears at the same sort of relatively low levels, um, then uh, it may not be important to be able to distinguish it from other things. Uh, what physical characteristics are there, though, that uh, can help a grower distinguish this? Well, large larvae are very easy to um, to identify if you know what you're looking for. They have a uh, an inverted Y, a pale inverted Y, sort of right between the eyes on the forehead, and then on the rear. So, but other armyworms also have that character, but it's that character in combination with the four dots in a perfect square towards the rear of um, the caterpillar that really those two characteristics together are quite definitive. One of the issues uh, I think for industry is that you can't see those characteristics until the larvae are rather large, which is not consistent with our typical management strategy for caterpillars, which is to control them well before they get to that stage. But the difference with fall armyworm, I think, is that it's likely to be a pest in the vegetative stage, which means that you have a little bit more leeway in terms of uh, how quickly you need to get onto it. You know, it may only take a day or so, or a couple of days, for it to transition from, you know, difficult to identify to clearly having those uh, distinguishing features um, evident but uh, until we actually see it in the field, it's a little hard to know what, what we're up against. What should uh, you look for in terms of damage? Well, it, it won't be any different from other Spodoptera species. Um, what we know about Latura, Spodoptera Latura, the cluster caterpillar, is that they lay their eggs in batches covered with scales, so little furry 
egg batches, the larvae emerge uh, en masse and stay together for a short period of time before they balloon off on um, pieces of silk to neighbouring plants. So it's likely that you'll see patches in the crop where there is windowing in the leaves. The small larvae basically scrape away at the leaf surface uh, between, the, between the veins, so you get that windowing. If there are a lot of larvae on a single leaf, you'll get it sort of looking a bit um, frosted. It start, it'll be white and start to curl up. Uh, one of the things that I wasn't really aware of in, in cereals, which we saw in North Queensland, was that they were um, doing that on the very lowest leaves. So, you know, the sort of leaves that you might just think, oh, that's a bit tatty. Um, that's where they were. So, you know, if there's one thing about where to look, it would be look, up, look low down on the plant, not, you know, you might have to bend a bit, uh, but um, that's where you would start. Are those signs of damage also common, though, from um, other pests? Well, that, um, that windowing and so on early on from the small larvae is probably common to the Spadoptera. Um, other caterpillars that you'll see in those cereal crops are going to be uh, the common armyworm, for example, and Helicoverpa. Both of those will do a little bit of leaf feeding, so you'll end up with holes in the leaves. But probably the thing that um, does warrant a bit of closer inspection is that both those caterpillars and fall armyworm will get down in the whirl, and probably the first thing you'll see is shot holes in the leaf. Um, which tells you that there's a caterpillar down there. You'll also see perhaps frass, caterpillar poo, sort of accumulating there. Uh, and that's where people will need to be pulling those whirls out and having a look at a number to say, you know, is it common armyworm? Is it the Spodoptera species or is it Helicoverpa? And um, similarly with, you know, as with maize crops, as they start to tassel, as they start to cob, the same thing, just making sure that it, it is, you know what it is before you react. What are the best seasonal conditions for the build-up of um, uh, fall armyworm populations and their migration? Well, like uh, most of those caterpillar pests, and we're familiar with this for Helicoverpa punctigera, it's availability of hosts. Um, so being a grass feeder primarily, well, having a very wide host range, uh, grasses and broadleaves, um, Spadoptera frigiperta, fall armyworm, is likely to breed up in those tropical areas. So seasons where there's a lot of grass growth, probably early grass growth, gives them a much longer season, more generations. Those are the seasons where we will see large populations um, there. And the driver for movement is likely to be those hosts drying off as we go into autumn. So when the rains finish and those hosts dry off, essentially uh, they will start to migrate. So in Australia we really don't know exactly what that timing will be and it's likely to move a little bit from year to year as it does with the Helicoverpa species. So it's, um, it may be possible to forecast it ahead of time based on those drivers, but again it remains to be seen. What potentially are the risks though? Could uh, Australia go as far as Brazil in so much as... Um fall armyworm there has has resistance to any of their chemical control. Yeah, and that's, I think that's, that's entirely possible if uh, people aren't considerate of what they use and um, I think there's an opportunity for industry to be very rational about what the potential impact is, particularly of, ve of damage in the vegetative stage, that, um, you know, to acknowledge that there are periods when you can lose quite a bit of leaf in some of these crops without any impact on the rate of growth or on yield or quality. It might be more of an issue uh, if, they, if they persist or turn up in, you know, flowering sorghum, seed setting sorghum, cobbing maize. Um, but 
I think that uh, we really do need to be aware not only the impact of our um, control practices on fall armyworm but also on the other species that are in those crops at the same time and particularly Helicoverpera midra. Too early to know if there are any uh, natural predators? Well, we expect, given that we already have a whole suite of um, caterpillars in crops and I guess just generally in the environment that are very closely related to fall armyworm, that we will start to see those natural enemies move quite readily. So one of the things that I'm quite heartened by is uh, the overseas uh, records of natural enemies, which has a, a considerable overlap with the species that we know are very effective on things like helicoverpa and common armyworm and uh, cluster caterpillar. So, uh, you know, egg parasitoids, larval parasitoids and parasites, and then of course the generalist predators that will eat anything that they bump into. So I'm very optimistic that in systems where uh, natural enemies are an important part of it, that conserve natural enemies, um, will be really uh, work very well for fall armyworm as well. And that's another reason not to blast away, you know, with broad spectrum insecticides controlling something that, you know, you're not sure needs control um, because that has detrimental impacts on the natural enemy population in your crop. And finally, uh, as far as this season is concerned, what should be the outlook and what should growers do? Well, given what we saw in North Queensland, um, this last weekend when we went to look for fall armyworm, it's been a late break. Um, there, you know, it's only been sort of a month that they've a month or six weeks that they've had good host growth up there. Whilst the populations of other armyworm species suggest that conditions have been good for reproduction, and you know potentially we'll see a lot of armyworm in our crops moving from there. Um, if the rains stop as they typically do in March and April, then there's a very short period of time for fall armyworm to build up in those potential source areas. So. You know, we might see them ticking along in North Queensland in um, sweet corn and maize, for example, and perhaps in some of the horticultural crops. But uh, I think the prospects for uh, seeing them here in winter crops um, and uh, in spring are, you know, limited. But I could be wrong because I haven't seen it in action. Um, but that, that would be, you know, to the best of our sort of uh, deduction, that's what we're up for now. DAF Queensland's principal entomologist, Melina Miles. And if you find fall armyworm on your property, call the Exotic Plant Pest Hotline 1800 084 881. GRDC and other plant-based R&D corporations are working together to coordinate a cross-industry response. And for online resources to help with identification of the fall armyworm, search GRDC and DAF's websites. I'm Tony Crowley, and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast.